It's Monday. It's April 25th. And the word of the day is absquatulate, which means to leave abruptly. Used in a sentence, at the end of sex, I usually absquatulate. Occasionally she does too. <laughs> now, both do. would disabsquatulate mean to come abruptly? Because <laughs> if that's the case, I could just p- plug and play on that first part of the sentence there. Anyway, I'm no illusions. Um, Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 36, Utah will finally tackle foreign dependence on hand lotion. Black people finally call it even after getting slightly included in the new currency. We'll talk about what's penetrating Gwyneth Paltrow these days. And we'll learn how flying penis robots could affect your morning commute. But first... And Gwyneth's. The Roundup. On the Newswire tonight. During a visit to Baghdad last Monday, Defense Secretary Ash Carter announced that the United States would be sending more troops to Iraq to aid in the fight against ISIS. In hopes of softening the blow to the war-weary American populace, he promised only to refer to this move as an urge say. (laughs) And really, the Americans are just acting as advisors. Yeah, just the ipstay. In law enforcement. El Salvador announced the creation of a new police commando team to fight against an increasing wave of gang-related crime in the country, which is important news for Americans, considering the awesome new Netflix series we should be getting soon. Yeah, there you go. Exciting. Silver lining. Carnival Cruise Lines has threatened to postpone planned cruises to Cuba if the island nation doesn't waive its rules against Cuban-American passengers. The cruise line hopes to resolve the issue quickly so they can finally add a port call that's more of a shithole than the boat itself. (laughs) Do not make us get Magneto to show up again. We'll do it. In Supreme Court news... Merrick Garland continues to hold up the nomination process with his inability to produce the legendary sword Excalibur. (laughs) Senate Republicans continue tapping their watches and shrugging. And they do. In depressing news, I can still remember when the hashtag was called a pound sign and just sort of sat at the bottom right of the phone (laughs) pad all weird and useless. That and the asterisk. They just sit there for no fucking reason for decades like they saw all of this coming. (laughs) So weird. And now I use them on my beeper all the time. (laughs) In more Supreme Court news... Ninths of the SCOTUS ruled last week that the U.S. government is allowed to take about $2 billion in terrorist money from an Iranian bank, which we already kind of took, and use it to compensate victims of the 1983 Hezbollah attacks on the U.S. Marines barracks in Beirut, Lebanon. So basically the government was like, hey, us, can can we continue stealing the bad guy's money? And we (laughs) answered ourselves, yes. You can. Good for us. The city of Boston improved its ratio of marathons to marathon bombings last week. Two Ethiopians won because they were Ethiopians and it's a marathon. (laughs) I'm pretty sure everyone in Ethiopia lives exactly 26.2 miles from work. That's how they do it. Um, Moving over to Pakistan. National military chief and Hulk Hogan nemesis General Raheel Sharif fired six high-ranking army officers amidst a corruption scandal that... Clearly involves way more than six people. Yes, yeah. Regardless of what happens next, this is so much less worse than most of the other news coming out of the country, so... Good job, it's, Pakistan? <laughs> it's all relative. North Korea has reportedly fired a submarine-launched ballistic missile for the first time. Man-baby Jong-un celebrated this feat as the first step in an important effort to keep their fucked-up missile launches underwater where nobody can see them. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't shoot no missile. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. doubt they about. could weave a basket on that submarine. <laughs> In crumble-down economics, 
After a 7.8 magnitude earthquake hit Ecuador last week, causing enormous damage, President Rafael Correa announced that he's pretty sure he can find some relief money in millionaires' bank accounts with a one-time wealth tax of 0.9%. At which point, a whole bunch of Ecuadorian rich people started to call their lawyer in Panama and then said, wait, shit. (laughs) Or wait, mierda. Yeah, well, right, right. Oceanographers discovered an extensive reef system near the Amazon, estimated to span an area of about 3,600 square miles or 9,300 square kilometers. This finding is particularly exciting to ocean polluters who are happy to finally destroy a reef that they weren't that attached to. And once these fish make the globe a little bit warmer, they take over everything. Do not be naive. It's happening. Read a book. (laughs) And finally, in accounting, after trying it out for the first time and realizing what financial audit actually means, the Vatican called timeout interference do-over on the investigation by PricewaterhouseCoopers into their Piles of Nazi gold. Although, I doubt we'll see a do-over. Surprise. Yeah, exactly. We'll have more on this week's top stories, of course, coming up in headlines. But first, I need to piss people off. As near as I can tell from our feedback, the majority of our audience is supporting Bernie in the primaries, which makes it a little awkward for a Hillary supporter co-hosting a political podcast. You know, I'm not one to shy away from my opinions, but I also don't want to beat people over the head with a point of disagreement. That being said, I've been getting more and more requests from our listeners to explain my endorsement of Clinton. And of course, I want to respond, but I don't want to piss anybody off unduly. So if you're all the way in on Bernie and don't like hearing anything negative about him, I'd recommend you remove your right headphone now. And if you're similarly enamored of Hillary and don't like hearing anything negative about her, I'd recommend you remove your left headphone now. And of course, if you're okay hearing the good and the bad about both Democrats, candidates, feel free to leave both headphones in and get twice the entertainment. I should start out by saying that I love me some Bernie, and I will support, would have supported him if he wins, won. What's more, I think he'd make a great, decent president, even if you didn't have fucktards like Ted Cruz and Donald Trump to compare him to. In most, many ways, his views align closer to mine than Clinton's, Hill Dog's. And I have deep, noteworthy concerns about Clinton's militaristic, hawkish views on foreign policy. But the truth is that Bernie is a little bit way left of the average American. And while polls do show broad support for many, some of Bernie's platform items, it's worth remembering that 92% of Americans were in favor of health care reform before the Republican media machine got revved up. Look, if I was voting for a supreme dictator senator, Bernie would be a no-brainer, viable alternative. But I'm voting for a president. I'm voting for someone to represent the interests of the nation as a whole, not just my position, ideology. I'm a firm believer in gradual progress, and I think that we're seeing real change, bud, blossom, under the Obama, Obama-Clinton doctrine. And while I do believe this nation is in need of major change, major change rarely, never starts at the top. Before we can hope for a candidate with common sense Bernie's positions, we must first convince our fellow Americans that those positions are correct. In other words, we have to drag shift the Overton window a lot little. All that being said, I'll freely admit that Hillary is a shitty, somewhat flawed candidate. Granted, she's extremely qualified, 
But she's dishonest, evasive. She's boring, uninspiring. She lacks integrity, transparency, and she's a terrible subpar campaigner. But at this point, Bernie almost certainly won't win the nomination. And if you think I'm wrong about where his position falls compared to the average American, I think it's worth noting you're ignoring the fact that he doesn't even have the majority of support among left-leaning Americans. Look, the two-party system is shit, I'll admit. But to win the White House, we need a coalition. And whether you like, admit it or not, that coalition has to include people who are only a little left of center. And with the way the GOP primary is shaking out, it seems to me the only way we can lose is to nominate somebody who's farther left than their guy is right. And while I think we'd all rather be voting for Elizabeth Warren, Elizabeth Warren, I'll begrudgingly, happily settle vote for Hillary in November. All right, feel free to put your right headphone back in now. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptocrat, No Illusions. Noah, last week you warmed us up with a physical description of Henry Billings Brown. I did. The Supreme Court Justice from 1891 to 1906. So uh thought we'd go back a little further this time. Do you have any thoughts about Boss Tweed? I about Boss Tweed. I do. In real life, he would have fucked Bill the Butcher's corpse in the center of five points at <laughs> noon on a Sunday. Don't get me wrong. I love the fucking movie, but come on. You want a sniveling guy and you go with Boss Tweed? Fuck off. He would have stole his enormous cat in the hat hat also. <laughs> so before we get to our first headline, let's check in with Twitter and see what kind of fun, lighthearted word game shenanigans is happening. Trending this week was hashtag Prince R.I.P. Oh. Would you like to play or pass? Uh, pass. All right. I had the same thing. Perfect. Well, no, no. I mean, I wrote something pass. out, but it was all in stylized onks. So <laughs> it's not very. And this week's random stranger winner was at Prince, who also passed. Oh. Seriously, though. Amazing artist. Gone but not forgotten. Quick moment of silence. In our lead story tonight, the Empire State took to the polls last Tuesday in what will likely prove a definitive victory for candidates for both parties, regardless of what the Bernie supporters still hope. In a devastating blow to the Hillary only wins in red states argument, she added a 16-point victory in New York to her victories in key battleground states like Virginia, Ohio, Florida, Illinois, and Missouri, putting her ahead by 275 delegates before superdelegates are factored in. And I'm sorry if this sounds like a Hillary supporter doing a victory lap, but... Bernie would now need something like 70% of the remaining delegates to get the nod, a number that will almost certainly be worse by this time on Wednesday. So it's time to heal, guys. (laughs) And more importantly, it's time to settle for Hillary or whatever you need to call it. Just don't fuck this up. Yeah, right, right. The stakes are too high. Voting for not Scalia. Yeah, and as if to underscore that That point, on the other side of the aisle, of course, Trump took an expected big win over the shaved walrus with leukemia from Texas, who took third place with a dismal 14% of the vote and 0% of the delegates. Of course, even taking 89 of the 93 available delegates in New York isn't enough to put Trump on pace for an outright victory before the convention, which means that Trump's participation in the primary may yet act actually turn the convention into a reality show where candidates get voted off the island. Or, or maybe they'll do like a Thunderdome kind of thing. Either way, political junkies are warming up their spoons across the country. Personally, I want to see them bring back all the original GOP candidates. Mm-hmm. And it's just one final tournament. And it's half slam poetry style debate, <laughs> half dance crew battle. Oh, Those nice, nice. Top two finishers, that's your GOP ticket. <laughs> And you know what? That honestly could not produce a worse ticket. Right. Could it be worse? No. <laughs> right. Absolutely not. And in anti-Billum news tonight, now that the North finally won the Civil War and women's suffrage finally happened, 
the U.S. Treasury Department decided it was high time to usher in this new era of Negro citizens and lady voters <laughs> with a progressive new cast of characters to print on American currency. And John Kasich's mom is pissed. <laughs> Apparently, despite the clear mid-debate endorsement from her son, she was not even considered. Yeah. Load of shit. Ben Carson's mom got snubbed, too. Rigged. What are you going to do? So uh, I'm going to start with the $5 bill. It's still going to have Abe Lincoln on the front for being a, a good white guy. Mm -hmm. And the back is still going to have his memorial. But it's also going to show two important civil rights events that occurred there. Marian Anderson's 1939 opera concert and Dr. King's 1963 I Have a Dream speech. So that all sounds pretty good. Although, again, it seems like this would have been a reasonable thing to happen in, like, 1965 yeah, for as example. an addition to the money that already had abolitionists and suffragettes for decades before that. We're only about a century behind pace. Yeah. Century and change. Not a big deal. Because, you know, you don't want to be unfair to the white people either. It's a, right. it's a fine balance. Yeah, exactly. White fives matter. <laughs> so they do. So now there will be multiple black people on the B side standing in front of a much larger white man seated upon a throne and carved in marble. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's certainly right. better, but when your money currently has less diversity than a hacky sack circle in Vermont, that's nothing to brag about. <laughs> you know? Be fair though. Hack lives matter too. Okay, moving on to the new $10 bill. The original plan was to have Alexander Hamilton get replaced, but there was a backlash against that idea when they announced it, thanks in part to the Pulitzer Prize-winning Hamilton musical. I think a big part. So yeah. um, Ahams gets to keep his spot on the front side, and now on the back, we'll see early crusaders for women's rights. So Alexander Hamilton gets one side, and Lucretia Mott, Sojourner Truth, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton, and Alice Paul get to share the other side. Oh, so. Glass ceiling shattered. Well, Good hey, job, but, guys. But it's such bullshit. It should have been Bo Derek. That would have made denominational sense. But <laughs> as I guess as long as Sojourner Truth is given Elizabeth Cady Stanton noogies or something, I'll be happy. <laughs> I got to share my bill with a colored lady. And last but not least, we've got the 20. So after the Hamilton idea got shot down, I guess the Treasury people decided a Slave owner and Native American genocide guy might be a good second choice for the cut list. Yeah. yeah. Second choice for the cut list. So Andrew Jackson is getting bumped from the front of the 20 and Harriet Tubman's going to replace him. And she's both black and female. So I guess they were trying for an overall four point swing in the less offensive direction. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't quite get there because Jackson's actually going to stay. He, he just goes on the back now instead. So it's not an entire bill. For a black woman, but two and a half fifths out of three ain't bad. <laughs> well, bad. and you know what, though? Hats off to the Treasury Department for this one and to all the activists and organizers that dedicated their time to this effort. I think getting a woman on the front of the $20 bill was kind of the point all along. Yeah. And, and I think they got the and right woman, it. in yeah, my opinion, too. You know, look, this shit matters. What's on our money matters. Who we choose to honor as a country matters. In whom we publicly declare our national trust, for example, <laughs> matters. Fight's not over, folks. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, as we've come to learn, you can't just make a half-assed honorific gesture toward black people and women without Donald Trump and Ben Carson giving their enlightened opinions about oh, it. Oh, good. During an appearance on the Today Show last week, Trump called the new bills, quote, pure political correctness and argued that it's kind of mean to remove someone like they did to Jackson. Well, sort of, yeah, from the front. Right. Not really. I guess he would have preferred for Harriet Tubman to go on one of the bills with uh, nobody on the front, so as not uh, to create a conflict. Yeah, I mean, but look, 
this is pure political correctness. That's I the mean, whole point. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, just because you can state that tautology in your sneery voice doesn't make it an aspersion. Yes, it was incorrect, yep. and we corrected it sort of half-assedly. And uh, Ben Carson, of course, was also offended by the new 20. I'm sure. Yeah, I guess he's got a lot of friends who are white. Not sure. But he seemed to be a really big Andrew Jackson fan, too, because the important thing he took away from reading about the slave-owning ethnic cleansing political career of Andrew Jackson was that he was the last president to balance the federal budget. That was the most important thing, which what? is incorrect, by the way. It's yeah, Bill you're right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Carson wants Jackson to keep his spot and suggested maybe we could invent a um, like a $2 bill or something like that for Harriet Tubman. In- invent. Invent huh? that, right. Yeah, now. <laughs> okay. Of course, at that point, we'd need somebody to think up an integer for Jefferson. Um, and if that person came up with something like, one, five, ten, twenty, fifty, hundred, one of those <laughs> integers. We're back to square one. Right. Anyway, moral of the story, the Treasury Department managed to decide on new bills that made pretty much nobody happy. That's the, the important way. thing. Good job. And with more on this story, we turn to roving reporter Lucinda Lusions, who is live at Women HQ. Lucinda, where exactly is Women HQ? Towards Heath, hidden passages. <laughs> really? And where are these passages hidden? Well, I'm not allowed to say, but why the fuck would we spend so much time in the ladies' room if there weren't secret passages and shit? Oh, I mean, I always assumed it was something that involved cotton balls. I mean, we used to stagger our entrances to mask the true nature of our plans, but it turns out you guys aren't paying a lick of attention anyway. You seem perfectly willing to believe that women piss communally, so we go in groups. Hmm. Um, Should we edit that out and post? It seems like you've given up an awful lot of... Gender-privileged information there. Oh, no worries. Classified? No worries. To to get in, you have to stick a tampon into the air freshener and use it as a joystick to identify obvious emotional cues and different shades of red. I could... Plus, there's a a boob scanner, too. I could definitely do that one. I don't give a shit if you're Ethan Hunt. No guys are getting in here. You seem awfully confident. I really think that might be... Even if you make it into the tunnel system, there's no way to get to the hub without stopping and asking for directions. And according to all the (laughs) stand-up comedy in the 80s, that's foolproof. Right. So um, how is femininity in general taking the news? Oh, shit. Heath, I lost track of time. Sorry, there's a seminar in a couple of minutes on how to say nothing's wrong while clearly meaning the opposite. And I really shouldn't miss that. (laughs) All right. We don't want to keep you, but congrats on the vagina money. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the choices they made. Yeah, you need the seminar, I think. Don't I? Yeah. Next up in headlines from the Shul Lunch File. The Middleton Cross Plains School District in Madison, Wisconsin, is trying desperately to convince a bunch of local parents to stop organizing Christian bribery lunches that lure students at Middleton High School into attending religious propaganda sessions right next to the high school. Because they're... Definitely not allowed to do that, and the whole school's going to get in trouble. Yeah, no shit. Well, that's it. I think we finally found our location for the bi-weekly skeptocrat bikini cleavage hot dog eating for Satan contest. <laughs> our second location. Well, right, right. Well, we, we, now we just have to squeeze Eli into a bikini, and it's all we're all good to go. <laughs> He's on his summer weight. He's ready to go. Yeah, oh, Works yeah. out. So apparently these people have been offering free food at a park right next to the campus during the middle of the school day for anyone willing to sit through their timeshare presentation about Jesus heaven. Oh, for fuck's sake. And these so-called Jesus lunches have been happening for about two years now, despite constant protest from Principal Stephen Plank, who's been trying to explain, as nice as he possibly can, that you can't just 
throw large events for hundreds of students without following just a whole bunch of rules, like stuff about food handling, security, making sure all the adult volunteers aren't rapists, not violating the Constitution of the United States. There's a lot of rules. And none of them were being addressed. Well, and, and the most fucked up thing about this, or, the second most fucked up, I don't, I don't even know, but if you subtract out the Jesus stuff, which makes this more illegal, there's no fucking way it would have gone on for two years. Right? I mean, if it was less illegal, they would have stopped it by now. Yeah. It's insane. And, uh, the story didn't mention this part, but I imagine Mr. Plank, the principal, also pointed out, um, the FFRF is, they're literally right there. They're right there. <laughs> yeah, Do you no see the shit. lady in the window? That's Annie Gaylor. And the reason she's smiling and waving is because we're going to be paying about $500 an hour for her to sue us really soon. You idiots, do not stop right now. Please stop. And in one little butt rape news tonight. <laughs> Hold on. Little butt or little rape? <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, it does so, matter, but go ahead. Sort yeah. it out. We've got another lighthearted story for you of child rape apologetics. This week, it's going to be coming from a non-Catholic and non-Muslim religious leader. Still a religious leader, of course, but this time an apostolic one. And despite coming up from the minors, this guy can apparently downplay child fucking in a way that makes the Vatican jealous. And if you follow child rape apologetics as closely as I do, you'll already know I'm talking about rookie phenom (laughs) pastor Michael Orton of the Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, who defended his decision to hire a man convicted of raping a 13-year-old at knife point by pointing out that when it comes to rape, quote, it takes two to tango, end quote. Da-da-da. Well, Da-da-da. No, to, to be fair, though, you could probably force somebody to tango with you at knife point. So, I mean, I guess the analogy, while admittedly insensitive, does technically hold. <laughs> well, I guess. And uh, also, though, now that I think about it, lots of tango victims never talk to the police either. So yeah, yeah, it's a strong right. analogy. Good job. <laughs> I feel like I want to disagree with this guy, but I uh, can't see the right angle. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get we'll you get, there. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, the employee in question, one Thomas Hopper, was convicted of rape and sodomy of a 13-year-old girl in the early 90s and now works for the church's outreach ministry. Okay, we got there. I yeah. disagree with all of those things. <laughs> when a reporter confronted Pastor Orton about his decision to hire this guy, then put him in a position where he'll often be working with children without warning his parishioners, Orton tossed out the two to tango bullshit and then added i fucking swear to you quote so if that girl chooses to sleep with him she's just as guilty as he is end quote (laughs) i mean you know let's not blame an innocent razor blade that just happened to be up against her throat at the time (laughs) okay no no, i I think i get what he's saying he means that if a girl tells a rapist that she's chosen to have sex with him that's like, you know, playing hard to get with a non-rapist. <laughs> well, so, that is kind of on what her. he's fucking Flirty. saying, I think. Now, look, even if Pastor Orton had no fucking clue about the at-knife point part of this rape, his comments would still be indefensible. Blaming a victim of statutory rape is plenty disgusting, even if there aren't deadly weapons involved. But as if there wasn't already enough rope to hang this guy, he added that there were mitigating circumstances around the rape, such as the perpetrator being angry and on drugs. Oh, and just to make sure that we... we the, no Nobody would mistake raping at razor blade point for a serious crime. He also compared it to stealing a piece of candy when you're young and stupid. Those are his actual words. And when the reporter offered him a chance to back away by saying, well, I think rape is a little different than stealing candy. He corrected her. Quote, no, it's not. It's still sin. End quote. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Um, Because I was planning to steal a candy bar from this guy three times if I ever saw him, but it sounds right. like he'd prefer I just rape him twice. 
So that's what, that's what I do. I mean, normally I'd inquire just to be sure about that, but, you know, it might ruin it. Well, you know? yeah, it takes two to tango. So. <laughs> and finally tonight, we have a compilation story of three different things you might have read about recently that are definitely not true. Um, Noah, I'm going to let you decide. It's it's neither of those. Okay. Would you like to start with bee sting health benefits, breast milk oncology, or remote control flying dicks? Nope. (laughs) All right. Well, fair enough. But if you had to start with one of those. Okay, fine. Give me the the Gwyneth Paltrow's an idiot thing. One of these (laughs) has to become. Great choice. Mm -hmm. And uh, as you already guessed, this one comes from the Gwyneth and her health blog called Goop. Last month, we mentioned her line of enlightened facial creams that were meditated next to. Yep. But we never got a chance to mention another part of her skincare routine that she's been talking up a lot recently. According to G-Pals, if you get <coughs> scarring or inflammation on your skin somehow, like, say, from a bee sting, something like that, mm-hmm. there's a remedy that goes back thousands of years called apitherapy, in which you... Sting yourself with more bees. Oh, for fuck's yeah. sake. And apparently she's done this. You should not, because that's <laughs> stupid. Any remedy that goes back thousands of years is probably a bad Almost one. Almost all of them are stupid. Yeah, yeah. right. Say, say, bleeding. I mean, but you know what? The, the good thing about this story is that I think it represents an important tipping point, because clearly the people closest to Gwyneth have just given up on trying to talk sense into her, and they're just having fun with it at this point. <laughs> you know? What's that, Gwynny? A hangnail? You know what? I know a homeless bearded guy that talks to squirrels in the park, and he says that bee stings would help with that. <laughs> like a betting pool at the bar. Yeah. Cannot wait to see what she's going to gouge herself in the eye with next week. Right. So tear ducts stay perky. <laughs> also, very much looking forward to the uh, therapeutic vaginal bees with <laughs> laser beams attached to their heads, which should be right Freaking around the corner. Laser beams. All right. Next up, we've got breast milk cures cancer. Or flying dick bots. Well, as tempting as it is to stick the dick story between the two boob stories, I've been told to stop doing that. Uh, so we'll hold on to the dick a little longer. I guess we'll uh, we'll go with the boob juice. Excellent. Okay, so a woman from the UK made news recently after claiming she used her own breast milk to prolong the life of her father, Ew. who died of cancer last year. So it's not exactly a cure. He died but she's pretty sure he was going to die a lot sooner oh however despite how promising that all sounds according to most of the data sets larger than one that is not a thing you don't say it is not no and besides being kind of weird and creepy um many doctors are pointing out that it's also extremely dangerous when people start selling unregulated breast milk and poisoning each other with tainted batches when they send it around you think which is currently happening also um New mothers get cancer sometimes, despite boobies full of cancer medicine. So <laughs> probably not cancer medicine. Yeah, yeah. Breastfeeding babies also um, <laughs> yeah. disproves both this and God. Also, feeding your dying father your own breast milk is freaky as all fuck. What the hell kind of chain of thought lands you there? You know what? Don't answer. I don't, I don't want to know. Straight past it. And uh, last but not least, we've got a promotional video that's gone viral recently for a new product called the Dildo Drone. Finally. The device claims to offer a hands-free flying penis experience that <laughs> allows you to be penetrated while enjoying burgers and beer at the same time. Well, anything that requires a couple of hands. But sadly, just like the bee sting thing and the cremotherapy, this was also not a real thing. 
Turns out it was another joke from a guy named Michael Krivica, who also didn't really invent the dildo selfie stick, despite his video you might have seen. Now, it's not that these items couldn't exist, but they don't right now, which, which is tragic, honestly, <laughs> especially the dick drone. So thrust? before we wrap it up, we'd like to help get more flying sex toys on the market, <laughs> if at all possible. Always, yes. No, do you have a slogan idea for the penis drone? Well, yeah, obviously. Well, okay, so you would call it the sexual predator. I think that's kind of a no-brainer. <laughs> obviously. And the slogan could be giving new meaning to keeping it up. <laughs> I think it's pretty solid. All right, uh, I'm going to go with... The Droninist, coming in for a glanding. <laughs> oh, there you go. Okay, as yeah. long as you don't make the little airplane noises on game, I'll give it a try. The All-American Patriot Missile. I'm dying to see how they get the thrust. <laughs> and that's going to do it for episode 36. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Lucind Illusions. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Jonathan, Eli, Paul, Damon, Beth, Ginny, Richard, Logan, Buell, Pascal's Wager, Jacob, Stuart, Israel, the Viking of Brooklyn, Alex, GJ, Jessica, Jeff, John, and Joe, whose genitals are so breathtakingly beautiful Mona Lisa has to look away bashfully and fix her hair when those people go to Louvre and flash her. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Skating Atheist and God Awful Movies, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by Googling the only band called Evil Drafts on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off.